This podcast is brought to you by Touch a Life. Welcome to Happy Homes and Gardens. I'm your host. My name is Daphne Royce. I am a real estate broker, architecture, and interior designer. Magic is a word of wonder. Robert Strong is a famous magician who started his career in magic at age of 12. He has brought joy and wonder into people's lives for decades. I'm very pleased to have Robert here today. How are you, Robert? I'm good, and it's an honor to be here today. You are a famous magician. What makes you want to be a magician? Well, first of all, I don't know if I'm famous, but I've been doing it for almost four decades. Uh, When I was 12 years old, I saw another magician creating joy and uh, wonder for an audience. And I thought, what an amazing gift. That's what I want to do. So I told my father at age 12 that I want to be a magician. And uh, he shared an office building with a podiatrist who uh, knew five magic tricks. And so he introduced me to that podiatrist. I learned those five magic tricks a week later. I had a business card and a week after that, I did my first kid's birthday party. It was a 10 minute show for $10. I was hooked. Wow, that was easy. (laughs) Yeah, that was 1985. Wow. And uh, what is challenge being a magician? Challenge being a magician? Um, Well, I mean, there's, uh, I, I think this is for any entrepreneur. When you're a magician or an entrepreneur, you wear every hat. So for me, I'm the lighting designer, I'm the sound person, I'm the costume designer, I'm the writer, I'm the performer, I'm the director, I'm the booker, I'm the marketing person, I'm the collections person, I'm the, the, uh, the, the accounting and tax person that deals with taxes. I do everything from public relations and media and press. I do all of that myself, so I wear every hat. So you kind of have to have a little bit of knowledge in everything from buying ads to you know, uh, just customer service and following up with people and, and just, uh, you, you really can't outsource that because I'm the product and no one else can, uh, care about the product as much as me. So like every entrepreneur, you wear all the hats. So is there science behind magic? Is there science behind magic? The magicians have uh, reverse engineered the science behind magic before science was even a word or existed. Magicians for for hundreds of thousands of years have been the ones that were either, well, you're on one of two sides. You're deceiving people. If you're on the side of con artist, a liar, a deceiver, that's the black hat or the bad side. But then if it's for entertainment, if it's for the joy of other people, uh, that's the magic of it. And magicians have uh, basically hacked humans uh, reverse engineered how their brain works before there was a study of psychology or sociology or neuroscience. So they understood where people's focus and attention is or are, and they're able to do things right under people's noses that fool them, even though their eyes are looking right at them. So magicians, uh, I'll, I'll give you an example if that's okay. Let me get a playing card out. Sure. So uh, this is where I take the nine of diamonds and I vanish it and then I make it reappear. How did you do that? I will tell you how I did this. And hopefully anyone who's watching this will not only give it a try, but they'll also have an understanding of how difficult it is when people manipulate objects. And this is just one playing card. I know magicians that do this with an entire deck of cards and they bring back the cards one at a time. So what I'm doing is is a small motion of vanishing the card by placing it behind my hand. 
Okay. And then I bring it back. But magicians okay. understood that the brain is very, um, uh, has a very low CPU, meaning it has the process speed and the power is low. And so the brain has to choose one thing to focus on. It can't choose two things at the same time. So what the magicians learned thousands of years ago is that this large motion hides the small motion. And the reason is, is the human brain through Darwinian evolution has evolved to focus on the big motion, the big tiger or bear charging towards you. If you focus on that, your genes are going to survive and you're gonna pass them on. But if there's a small leaf falling out of the tree at the same time and you focus on that, you die and you don't pass your genes on. So the human brain has evolved to focus on the large motion and not see the small motion. And with that, we can create the illusion of magic. So I just combine them at the same time and it looks and feels like magic. That's just one example. I'll give you okay. more throughout the call. But that, how do you hold a car so securely in your between your fingers? I couldn't do that. It is simply repetition. Uh, I don't have Teller's quote handy. It's in my book, but uh, Teller from Penn and Teller has a fantastic quote, and it's something along the lines of sometimes magic is someone spending more time and energy than is reasonably expected. So magicians will spend so much time with a deck of cards or a coin until they can manipulate it like a juggler to create the illusion or the experience of magic. So it's just purely repetition. If I give you a, a new shaped toothbrush that's completely different than one you've ever used before, you're going to have trouble holding it, getting it on your teeth and not missing and all that. But after a week, you're going to adapt and all that and your body's gonna know uh, how to hold it and how to move and all that's gonna work. Same like when you move into a new house, you can't find the light switch, but after a month, the lights can be off and you know exactly where the light switch is because of the, the pure repetition. So this is not doing it hundreds of times, it's literally doing it tens of thousands of times and that's what a magician does. They'll put a lot of energy and work into something that's invisible to the person who experiences it so that the, the experience feels like magic. A good salesperson, a good customer service person, a good um, hospitality person, all the work is invisible to the person who enjoys it. So when you check into a hotel or you buy a house and everything just works, it feels like magic, but what they don't see is all the hard work that goes in behind it. And that's what they're kind of paying for is an experience where it just feels like magic, it just works. And that's the job of a, I think a great magician or a great customer service person or a great real estate uh, person or uh, a great hospitality person. Any type of uh, uh, service I think is, sh the experience should feel like magic. So I hear practice, repeat and muscle memory. <laughs> yeah, but it's also more than that too. There's, there's okay. a level of uh, putting yourselves in their shoes. In other words, going from their experience. So and if I were to do this, I'm going to stay on this one for us so I don't expose too much magic. If I do this poorly and I get the angle wrong, you see the card. So what I have to do is I have to go, what's your perspective? What's your point of view? And I've got to understand what your experience is. So magicians spend a lot of time imagining what it's like to be the other people and go, okay, if they walk into a theater and they've bought a ticket, and they're sitting at a, a certain place in the theater and they're watching the show and they come from certain life experiences, what's the thing that's going to make them um, optimize for the magic? So um, you, in your business, you probably spend a lot of time thinking about uh, the home buyers and the home sellers, what's the best possible experience from their point of view, and then you make their life easy by giving that to them. So magician, original uh, 
people or artists who put themselves in other people's perspective, there's a lot of empathy. We, we think about, we care deeply about how other people perceive what we do, how they experience it too, not just perceive. Oh, you just recently published a new book called Amaze and Delight. Is there right. any special message you want to send to readers? Have I mentioned it yet? This is a, my <laughs> new book just came out. These are the, the first printings. Any message I want to say to the readers? Uh, yeah, this, the book is delightful in a couple ways. There's, it teaches 12 different magic tricks throughout the book. So you can skip those if you don't want to know the secrets. Or you can learn real magic secrets. And I'll, I'll demonstrate one if you want me to uh, that's, that's in there so they can see the value they get. But what, what, what it is, is, is uh, it, the book is 200 plus pages of what magicians know about how the world works and how people can benefit from it. And there's three big areas that the book covers. The first one is leadership skills, executive presence. Like how do you grab and hold people's attention? How do you motivate them? How do you change their hearts and minds? How do you uh, create memories that they'll remember forever and be on your team and be motivated? So the first one is leadership skills. The second one is creating a culture, uh, a work that people just love. And magicians spend a lot of time creating these delightful little moments. If you string those concepts together, you can create a workplace that people look forward to coming to. And there's lots of deep connection between the coworkers. And then the third category is creating magical moments for customers. Because when a customer experiences something where they're like, wow, that was magical, they tell everyone. They come back and give you their business again. They become very loyal customers. So those are the three categories the book covers. And what I did with my co-writer, David Martinez, that's him right here. And um, what we did was is we, we looked through the ancient books of magic. And then we looked through our, 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 our teachings, and our learnings of workshops we've given and received over the years. And we made direct lines of what we know is applicable to companies and businesses. And both of us are in the Bay Area, so this is really targeting Bay Area tech companies. Sounds great. How young a reader can read that? Can the 12-year-old read that book? So I think a 12-year-old would enjoy the 12 magic tricks that are at the end of each chapter, but I think it's really for people who are in, uh, in business. So any level, um, especially team leaders and managers, because it's really about making experiences for your coworkers, or for your customers. So it's targeted for, uh, yeah, anyone that's in the middle of their career that has a team. I understand. And what are the qualities needed in a, a magician? What quality do we need in a magician? That's a great question. Uh, so like comedy and humor, there's all different types of comedians and, and like artists and singers and dancers, there's all different types. So I wouldn't say that there is a single quality that's good for magicians, but magic is the only art form. This is different from every other art form. It actually needs an audience. You can't do magic for no one or just for yourself because you know the secret. So someone else has to experience it. So the quality that I would say that's needed in a magician is that they need to be able to want to connect with other people and create experiences uh, amazing and delightful experiences for other people. And um, I told you there was a, a trick in the book. Um, would you like to learn one of the tricks in the book? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. And, and this is a great example of what skill a magician needs, the ability to connect with other people. So uh, I can do this as a do as I do, or I can just go ahead and do it. I took a dollar bill and I'm gonna do the world's simplest origami. I make two folds, top to middle, bottom to middle. 
and then I create a perfect balance. And this could be a great metaphor for balancing the budget, or it could be a metaphor for striking the perfect balance between being agile and secure. And then you create an experience that feels simply like magic. And that is in the book. And also, I have to say, if you do this for a bartender, you get a free drink. Really? And then when you finish the drink, you show the bartender how you did it. And you get another free drink. See what I did there? <laughs> I haven't paid well, for a it, drink in decades. It works in a bar. <laughs> it definitely works in a bar. Well, maybe somebody buy you a drink. That too. <laughs> Okay. Magic is uh, a really great way to connect. So um, in the world, networking, striking up conversations and all that is difficult, especially for introverts. But to say, hey, can I share something with you I'm working on? And then you connect over that. And even if the trick doesn't work, it's still a shared experience that's, that's fun and delightful. It's a one-on-one connection, right? Yes. Okay. So you had a show at Guild Theater in Menlo Park last January. Do you plan to have a regular shows going forward? Yeah, uh, the idea is it's Robert Strong and Friends. The next one is tentatively scheduled for March 19th, 2023. We're hoping to do it, make it a monthly event and maybe eventually more frequent. And the idea is that I've got a four decade career traveling the world. I've performed in all 50 states and over 50 countries. And I've made connections with some of the most amazing uh, comedians and uh, performers, artists, magicians, jugglers, and, um, and musicians. And the idea is I want to bring my relationships that I've made over the past 40 years and invite my friends to come entertain Menlo Park. And the first one was fantastic. We had uh, Don Friesen close the show, and he is his laughs per minute is incredible. And look him up. He's got a Showtime special. And uh, it, what's great is his work is perfectly uh, clean. And then we had uh, Andrew Evans, local illusionist, Kevin uh, Blake, he's a local mentalist. And then we had uh, um, uh, David Roth, who was a, one of our comedians. And then we had our uh, musician, Snubby J. And I emceed and host the show. And the idea was every 15 minutes, there was just something new and fun uh, that people had never seen before. And the next one, I'm not allowed to say who's in the show yet, but I'm very excited. Well, I'm definitely going to buy a ticket for that show. March 19th? March 19th, Sunday. Okay. All right. I would definitely go. And also, like to know, improv and improvisation is important for a magician. Can you tell us why? I think improv is important for everyone. Improv, if you've ever had a conversation where it's not scripted, that's improv. So it's really about just being in the moment, being relaxed, connecting with people, being honest and authentic, uh, making other people look and feel good, um, taking great care of yourself, uh, not judging yourself or judging anyone else, and just having fun. So improv is not necessarily what you see on TV where it's comedy, which that is part of improv. There's theatrical improv, there's comedy improv, there's there's the, the, uh, the Olympics of improv where you play games and you win or lose and all that. But improv is really just about being yourself, liking yourself, relaxed and enjoying and not um, not trying to be anything you're not. Okay. I actually watched your show on CW China last Friday with a pen and teller in Las Vegas. Yes. Please tell us more about the show. 
What an honor. So this, this was the ninth season of Penn and Teller Fool Us. It's a TV show where the two legends, Penn and Teller, uh, uh, you try to trick them or fool them. And it's very difficult because they know magic better than anyone. And um, I was on the show um, Friday, February 10th, and it went really well. Uh, you got to watch it to see if I fooled them or not. Um, I do have the trick that actually got me on the show, and I'd love to show that to you if you have a moment. Um, that one actually fooled the producers and the magicians that are um, uh, producers and behind the scenes and all that. But it's a card trick, so they asked me to do something that wasn't a card trick. And um, what I love is that Penn and Teller are lifting up magic and magicians and, and creating an amazing legacy. Um, everybody who's on the show has an amazing time, and everybody's made to look good and feel good and all that. Um, I'm very proud of what I did, but may I show you the one that got me on the show? Yes. Daphne, I'm going to give you the power to be the magician. I'm not even going to do the magic. A simple snap of my fingers, and you now can predict the future. I've got a deck of cards. This is the Joker. Jokers are red and black, but cards come in two colors. Uh, hearts and diamonds are red. Clubs and spades are black. Daphne, what color is the next card, red or black? Red. You are correct. I'm going to ask you to please hold your applause. Okay. That's just one. But if you get it right a second time, then a third time, the fourth time, by the time you hit five times, you're going to think, maybe, maybe I, Daphne, really have magical powers. So, Daphne, what color is the next card, red or black? Red. That's amazing. You are corrected as a red card. Oh, my gosh. That's just two. Let's go a little faster now that you have the hang of it. What color is the next card? Red. Red, that is correct. Next one. Red. You are absolutely corrected as red. Next one. Red again. Do you want to change your mind to black? No, you are corrected as a red card. Let's oh do five gosh. more. Let's do five okay. more. Black. Black, you are correct. Red. <laughs> Let's do three more. Black, red, black. Black, red, black. Okay. All right. I don't know how you do that, but that was impressive. So I'm very proud of this one because even though this is based on other ideas that have come before it, this is something that I've created and has mostly fooled magicians. There's maybe one or two magicians I have not fooled, but it's pretty cool stuff. It is pretty cool stuff. I don't know how you did it. But... That feeling that you're feeling right now, that wow experience, that like, wow, this is why people bring us to events because they want people to remember the event and they want them to experience the wow. When you go to events, you go, oh, there's going to be food there. There's going to be entertainment there. There's going to be music. There's going to be people and all that. And you move through the event and then you leave. But when you have a magician there, it stops time. It creates memories that last forever. And people leave going, wow, and they have a story to tell. So did you ever made a mistake? All the time. Mistakes are <laughs> gifts. So when you're relaxed and you're in the moment, and you're connecting with people, when you make a mistake, it makes you real to them, and then you just relax and lean into your improv experience, and you use your animal brain, and you say and you do things, and over time, 99% of the time, you create something that's even better. So I see mistakes as gifts from the uh, the performing gods, and uh, when everything goes just right, that's eh, just another show. But when something goes terribly wrong, that's when you go on an adventure with your audience and they're with you every moment. If you're likable and you have charisma, charisma and if you're likable, if they don't like you, you lose them. So one of the things magic teaches is how to be likable and connect with people. And it's, it's by reading them and reading their body language and their skill, uh, reading their body language and reading, uh, their, reading them. Magic teaches you how to read a room, to be in the moment and how to really connect with people.
okay? It sounds exhausting to me. Like you have to constantly know every moment what you're doing in the room. It is, uh, it is actually what a magician does is they have a, an awareness of a, where people's focus and attention are at all times. And it's a, it's a blessing most of the time. Sometimes it's a curse to always know where people's focus and attention is or isn't. Um, what's great about magic is magic works on all audiences except three categories. It doesn't work on very little kids who haven't had a chance to learn social cues, so little, little kids. It doesn't work on drunks because their inhibitions are gone and they're not following social cues and all that. And thirdly, sociopaths. Oh, which is, that's which is often one. Which is often executives. So if someone is not following my misdirection and not following my focus and where I'm sending their attention and they're looking me right in the eye and not where the magic is supposed to be, you know it's a pretty quick test that they are uh, a little kid, drunk, or sociopath. But how would you react if that's the situation? You're not going to trick or fool them. Sometimes you have to use brute force to send mm -hmm. their attention somewhere else, or you call them out on it, or you just let it happen. But they'll look right at you. Uh, in magic, it's called burning you. They stare right at you. They burn you. And you're not going to trick or fool them. Because magic is all about manipulating their attention. And if they're unmanipulatable, I think I just made up a word. If they're unmanipulatable, then they won't experience magic. Interesting. Well, I guess I'm not one of them <laughs> because I always be tricked. <laughs> that, that, that's a good, a quick, good, quick test. Maybe we should talk to HR and uh, have the uh, the sociopath test with magic. You know what? That's actually not a bad idea. <laughs> but sometimes you might need a sociopath. I gotta imagine that I couldn't cut into somebody as a surgeon. So maybe you need someone that's on the spectrum. Not calling surgeons sociopaths, but you need a certain ability to cut into somebody and not like actually feel the pain every time you do it. So maybe there's something there that it's necessary for certain careers. Well, I think we just lost all your surgeons. Sorry. <laughs> Don't worry. They, um, I will invite them to your show. Okay, good. What do you like to do other than magic and writing? Um, so what do I like to do? So I bet my wife, uh, ballroom dancing, salsa dancing. So I love salsa swing and all the different, uh, partner dances. Uh, improv is something I get together with friends and we play improv games and it keeps the brain sharp. Uh, what else? I've got a brand new baby. So she's eight weeks old. Her name's Robin. She's out on a walk right now with her mom. And, uh, right now I'm spending a lot of time with her. And just, I love uh, walk-in talks in, in Palo Alto. Now it's kind of the new normal. You get together for coffee and walk around Palo Alto and catch up with friends and coworkers and, and, and network. So those are the top ones. Your life is full. I think so, especially full right now with a new baby. So anything else you want to share with us? Sure. Um, in the book, I guess we'll go back to that because that's the, the newest, biggest thing. Uh, I mentioned that it teaches magic tricks. I'd love to show you another one before the call's over. But uh, what we do is we define what amazement is and what delight is and what a culture of happiness is in the book. And I think that's super important so that everybody's on the same page. And then we talk about how magicians do it. And uh, the, the first biggest concept in the book is before the show starts. So what we do is, as magicians, we do 90% of the work before the audience even arrives to the theater. And this is applicable to any good app or any good business or any good um, entrepreneur. If you do, if you front load the work, then when you're actually dealing with the customer, the people who are giving the money, 
they don't see all the work. Everything just kind of works. Um, and then the second section is talking about setting the stage and it's talking about um, <clears throat> magicians are the ultimate storytellers. We tell stories with visual magic and, and with props. Everything is kind of a metaphor and we take the brain on a journey and storytelling is really how uh, humans communicate. They don't really uh, connect over lists or, or diagrams or statistics and all that. There's got to be a story within those lists and those diagrams and those statistics. And it gets stored in another part of the brain. People can recall stories. So magicians are teaching you how to create emotions from stories. And then we talk about how we grab and hold attention and manage their attention. Attention is really the thing that I think is most valuable right now because we're in what they call it an attention... Um, uh, uh, you know, Facebook is trying for your attention, Instagram's trying for your attention, TikTok's trying for, it's an attention economy. And so magicians understand how the human brain works and understands how to grab and hold people's attention. And then we talk about creating magical moments, those little moments of experience. And what we do is we talk about also the, the corollary. If things are just not going well or not working or all that, how do magicians turn that into positive experiences and moments? And we talk about putting a bow on it, which is a great concept that I think I only learned from magicians. I haven't seen anywhere else. And then we have a, a section on uh, humor. Humor is an important way for people to connect. And I give people five ways to create humor in the workplace that HR will love. And then I give 10 tips on how to deliver those five types of humor. And then we talk about collaboration, communication skills, and all that. That's the section that is secretly improv, but we don't call it improv. And then, of course, all this doesn't work unless you have psychological safety. And, and, and the good people at Google did lots of studies on how to create psychological safety so that people come to work bringing them their full selves. They want to be there and they're excited to be there and, and they feel safe to express themselves. And then the last section is on um, uh, distributed teams, because right now we are, as we are right now, hybrid, uh, sometimes in person, sometimes uh, virtual and sometimes a little bit of both. And we have created some hacks on how to do that. I over here on my side, I have a camera two if needed. I have a picture in picture if needed. I can do uh, side by side. Oop, that's you're not actually a, a pin yet. Let me pin you and then I can show you that. And so we've come up with these great examples of how to uh, stay connected and all that. And then of course you need like special effects because who doesn't need special effects? And all that so magicians are always the first adopters of new technology so at the very beginning of the pandemic i basically created a, a production studio and created new tools that didn't even exist uh two years ago and that is so that i could stay connected through uh through through this and want to see another magic trick yeah sure this is something i created uh just for virtual because it's a, such a visual medium so I had to create something that they could see with their eyes and not believe, where I literally remove a hole from a playing card and put it into a new position. What? Completely, I know this is completely impossible, but it's really happening. And since you can see through it, you know there's no yes, CD I or do. green I screen or anything like that. And with a simple snap of the fingers, we go back to the beginning. And that, that shows you that what magicians have done is they've always looked at what is needed in that moment in time. Okay. And they've always used cutting edge, tech, cutting edge technology, technology that's not even launched to the public yet to create these kind of magical experiences. So magicians are, are early adopters of new technology and they are always paying attention to what's going on in the world and, and integrating that into their magic. A, a new way to think. Okay. The last magic you did, can you do it in public? We have to do it through the computer yes. screen. Yes, oh, I wow. can. Wow. 
And and the the one where where I had you do the red black red black, a little bit earlier in the call, that was created for Zoom for this reason. I thought, wow, there's 50 people on a Zoom call, and it's hard to get everybody to participate over Zoom. So I thought, what is available in Zoom that's not available in real life? And I realized the chat is available. So I thought if I had all 50 people on the Zoom call write into chat red or black and hit go, there's no way I can know what they're going to type and there's no way I can know the order it comes in. So I invented a magic trick where all 50 people on a Zoom call, up to 50 people, 52 actually, up to 52 people can predict the order of the red black cards. And so that was created, that didn't exist before Zoom calls. That was created for Zoom calls because I wanted everyone to feel invested and to, uh, to participate and think about if you're leading a Zoom call, how can you or, or anyone, any of your listeners, make sure everyone's engaged, participate, and what they say and do matters and cares and affects the outcome of the actual Zoom call. So you have to think of ways to engage everyone. Can you do it in person? Yeah, yeah, all of them I can okay. do in person. I'm trying to think if there's any tricks. I don't think I have any tricks that I created for Zoom that I can't do in person. But 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 I have one more. I don't know if I can show it to you real quickly. One more that I created uh, that's in the book, and I teach the secret that makes you the magician. You want to see one more? Sure. But at the meantime, I also want to ask you: Other oh, yeah. than having a show on the stage, do you do any private setting magic show? Is there any uh, way that people can contact you? Yeah, my website is uh, www.strong, my last name, strongentertainment.com. And just last night, I uh, did a, a wedding anniversary on a uh, cruise around the bay. And uh, yeah, I'm available for uh, corporate events. My biggest work is uh, trade shows. That's what I do mostly. So I do tech conferences. I work in a trade show booth. I attract customers. I communicate the message. And then I, I identify the qualified leads. I filter. And the qualified leads I introduce to the salespeople. That's most of my work. I do the uh, keynote speaking from the book on those three different topics. And then, of course, I do public and private events. So I do a lot. Great. Does it help you contact you through your website? Yep. Strongentertainment.com. Send me an email or a text. And uh, if my baby is not crying, you'll get a response within an hour or two. Okay. Great. So you want to show us the last trick? Yeah. This is one that's actually in the book that is fantastic. And I have to stand up for it. And I've got to bring in the table. And let's raise this up. I'll get out a deck of cards too. Perfect. I have here a prediction. This prediction is made before the, I even got on the call with you. And then I also have 52 different cards. Give a little shuffle. And I'm just gonna drop some cards here. And Daphne, would you tell me, let me put it in frame so you can see. Would you tell me when to stop? Stop. Do you want me to go forward one, back one, or stay there? Back two. Back two, that's one, that's two. Do you want me to go forward, back, or stay there? Stay there. You had an absolutely free choice, I will lock it in. But if you had gone forward one more, we would have stopped at the seven diamonds. The next one was the ace of spades. We've gone up forward one more. The six of clubs, the cards are all different. This is crazy. But you stopped me at the... Okay. The four of hearts. The prediction that I wrote beforehand says, I predict that you will stop me at the Four of Hearts. And that was indeed the Four of Hearts. How did you do that? <laughs> All you have to do is buy the book and you learn how to do this. Wow. How's okay. that for marketing? That's pretty good. So tell us where to get your book. 
Uh, Amazon is the place to get it right now. Uh, Maze and Delight, written by David Martinez and Robert Strong. I'm Robert Strong. I hope you buy a copy. Uh, and also, please leave a review, too. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Robert. That was a very fun interview with you. you. Yeah, I love it. My pleasure. This was fun to do. I will see you at Guild Theater on March 19th. I hope so. Can't the wait. show is uh, going to contract uh, tomorrow, so I'll everything will get firmed up tomorrow for the 19th. Okay, wonderful. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks for your time. Have a good day. Let me know when it drops. All right. Okay, bye-bye. You have just listened to Tall Radio Podcast. For more podcasts, visit www.touchalife.org.